I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome another episode of the championship roundtable podcast i'm your host james vickers you can reach us on the show on our twitter account which is at championship pod and you can also reach me on my personal twitter which is at underscore james vickers hello my name is louis shackshaft um as you know i feature on the podcast regularly but i've been off for five weeks so it's first time in over a month uh, but i'm a sheffield wednesday fan i do a lot of blogging writing uh, particularly on sheffield wednesday and uh, sheffield wednesday statistics also and I'm Elliot Jackson. I'm new to the show, but I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, I'm currently studying at the University of Derby and I'm an all-round championship fan. So we're uh, really looking forward to doing my first show with the guys today. Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys. And uh, good to have you back, Louis. Um, not really asked you actually sort of over Twitter. How was the, the road trip around America? Oh, brilliant. Thanks for asking. But let's let's keep this championship related because uh, the only good thing that came out of it was obviously being a Wednesday fan. Each league game that we did play, we, we managed to gain a victory. I return and uh, we pick up a draw, but I can't complain. Um, but we'll touch on that later in the show. Yeah, I was trying to stay clear of uh, the sort of Preston game as much as I could there, so trying to change the topic. But um, you, what you get, well, 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 you're going to get some stick this show. Uh, honestly, we, uh, we we discuss Preston a lot and usually give you uh, some uh, good feedback, but not not this time, mate. Oh, I know. I completely expect it. I'll um, I'll start by running through the results from this weekend. Obviously, we had the Friday night game, which was Birmingham City and West Brom, and the Midlands derby drew one all. And then we move into Saturday. Bolton got beat at home 2-1 by QPR, um, sort of levelling off after that fantastic start they had. Brentford continue to sort of look like automatic promotion sort of candidates. 2-0 win at home to Wigan. Bristol City beat Sheffield United 1-0. Hull beat Ipswich 2-0. Millwall and Leeds drew 1-0. Norwich City beat Middlesbrough 1-0. Preston got beat at home to Reading 3-2. Rotherham, in probably my surprise of the weekend, beat Derby County 1-0, which we'll touch on in a bit. Sheffield Wednesday and Stoke, as you mentioned a minute ago, Luby drew two all. Swansea and Forest, another draw for, for Nottingham Forest. I think that's four or five now. Uh, so far this season, drew 0-0. And Blackburn and Aston Villa drew one all. Um, I'll come to you first, Louis. Any particular games that stand out for you from sort of a surprising result? I know the Derby one is probably everyone's go-to sort of looking down that fixture list but are there any others sort of including that game yeah there is I mean I will touch on the derby game first because that is like you say the the standout one you kind of took the words out of my mouth there I I expected derby to get the victory Uh, I know they had a man sent off and their manager sent off which we're going to touch on later in the episode but yeah for Rotherham to get three points there they're kind of proving that you know at home they can get victories against decent teams and you know, that puts them up to 14th now and, and they're not on a slump like some of the teams in the league. Uh, one of the surprises, though, um, I guess Norwich beating Middlesbrough. Uh, Norwich, I expect to probably 
finish about halfway this season. Um, but to actually meet, beat Middlesbrough, who were my tip for promotion this season, uh, fair play to them winning 1-0, uh, obviously a goal in the second half there. Um, but it was a, it was a strange uh, round of games because I think out of all of the top 10 teams, there were only two what did manage victories, and that was Brentford and Bristol City, what puts them into second and third in the table. Uh, but other than that, I guess if, if I were to go down to the bottom of the table and, and look down there, I actually didn't expect Reading to get a victory at Preston. I know you don't want to talk about this much, but I know Preston are on a bit of a slump, obviously only winning one game this season so far. But I thought that Reading are the team that have been dire and have got, you know, <laughs> no hope at present and to actually go away you know, away from home at Preston and pick up all three points. It seems like it was probably from a neutrals perspective, a good game to watch. I have watched the highlights back and Preston probably should have at least got a point from that. But fair play to Reading managing to score three goals uh, away from home. But yeah, they're my pick of the bunch from this uh, week's round of games. Yeah, I completely agree with you on the the Norwich result and watching Preston play them a few weeks ago on the the new sort of Sky Sports feature. They look quite a good team, so I expect them. I think in the first or second episode this season, I tipped them as potentially a dark horse to challenge for the playoffs. And, you know, Timu Puki, who they've brought in in the summer, chatting to my mate who's a Norwich fan, said he's been absolutely fantastic for them. And, you know, another goal yesterday and they look like they've got a real sort of player on their hand. Yeah, they I think, did, of... he, did he score for Finland as well in the week of internationals? I believe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, you know, he's banging in the goals and at this level, obviously, you need a, a player if you want to challenge for the playoffs that can sort of get you that 15, 20 goals a season and, you know, so far, signs are good for him and, you know, if he can carry on that No, Notice George Rhodes was on the bench as well as a result. He left yeah. uh, Rhodes, I think, <laughs> first time he's been on the bench this yeah. season. I think. Well, I'll, yeah, I'm sure he'll be staying on the bench then if they get a victory and he's, he's well, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, not in the first team. Okay. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, are there any um, sort of standout results for you, Elliot, that you wanted to touch on that, that um, Louis didn't touch on there? Not so much surprise, but sort of, sort of very good results. I thought Leeds to battle back from 1-0 down at Millwall, which we all know is a tough place to go. I know Millwall haven't been on a great run of, of late. Obviously, they lost it both Wednesday and then at Rotherham in the space of four days. But without um, both Patrick Bamford, who's now out for four months, and without Kimar Roof, who looks like he's going to be out for two to three weeks, and Pablo Hernandez, you know, to battle back when there are clearly limited resources and get a point, I think that shows the sign of a good team. Um, Bristol City, Sheffield United was another one which could have gone either way. And uh, Bristol City sort of stole the march on United. And I think they'll be, both those teams, but especially Bristol City, will be looking to push for the top six this season. And then as everyone's touched on, Rotherham, fantastic win against Leeds. I was there when they beat Millwall 1-0 and they thoroughly deserved to beat Millwall. Um, mm. You know, they've got, they've, they, Paul Warren's got a way that he wants to play. And it might not be the most attractive in the division, but it will get them points, especially at the New York Stadium. Uh, they sat back really well against Millwall, and I, they did the same yesterday. And, um, you know, they've got some players that can win them games, uh, and that, that will get them points, and that, that could see them stay up, which, you know, before a ball was kicked, everyone had sort of wrote them off. Just touching on that Leeds game as well, I thought that obviously uh, Jack Harrison's never scored a goal for Leeds before, um, or it might even be his first professional goal even. But um, yeah, cracking goal that from 20 yeah. yards. I thought he took it really, really, really well. Uh, a lot of those from that distance just blaze over the bar. So uh, yeah, to, to get a point at Millwall is actually, even though Leeds have been the star team this season, I, I thought I agree with you, Elliot, there. Uh, a point at Millwall is a really good result. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that Leeds result. Looking down, I think uh, they tweeted out yesterday the extent of that injury list that they've got. And, you know, having quite a small squad that they do, it's going to be a real test for Bielsa over the next couple of weeks, especially until Kimar Roof and, and Hernandez are back to, you know, sustain that good start that they've had. And if any time, uh, I'd say that we've got Leeds on Tuesday, it's probably a good time to play them. But, you know, it's been second bottom at the moment. Ellen Road is probably one of the last places I'd want to go to. Having said that, you know, I, I thought yesterday would be a good uh, chance to get some points on the board and look how that turned out. But yeah, the uh, the Leeds result, um, absolutely fantastic for them. Uh, I think the goal came with about a minute or two to go as well. So they battled right to the end and managed to uh, keep that unbeaten start to the season going. One other result which stood out for me, and I wanted to get your sort of guy's opinion on this, obviously the Sheffield Wednesday-Stoke City result. Not so much the fact that it ended in a draw, it was more the fact that Stoke obviously went 2-0 up quite early on in sort of the first 20 minutes or so. Did Sheffield Wednesday deserve sort of up until that point to uh, point in the game to actually come away with a point? Or was it a case of after that second goal went in, sort of the, the crowd and the players sort of rallied together? Well, to be honest, Elliot's probably in a better position because he was there at the game. I've only managed to watch the full uh, and extended highlights. Uh, but from my perspective, I thought Wednesday were probably about lucky to come away with a point in the end. But yes, initially being 2-0 down, I thought, you know, Wednesday were just completely switched off at the back. Uh I thought Dawson could have done a bit better for the first goal that Afobi scored and, and, and the second goal that Afobi scored, it was just a decent striker's finish, to be honest. But defensively, yeah, we were completely swept, switched off and we've got to do better. But then if if you look on the positive side, like at the minute, I know Elliot will probably agree with me and touch on this, but we've got Bannon at the minute who's been absolutely sublime this season. Like Without him, I don't know where we'd be. And, you know, once we got that goal back, Again, from a pinpoint pass from Bannon, which was chested down by Fletcher and, and finished by Matthias at 2-1. I guess we were back in the game and then a bit of magic from Bannon to score that free kick, obviously. Uh, we, 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 gained, we gained a point there and, and, you know, on another day, we, we probably should have lost, especially being 2-0 down. But Elliot will probably give a better perspective on the game than me. I think you've pretty much summed it up pretty well there. Um, for the first 25 minutes, especially Stoke, were fantastic. And Paul Lambert in his press, uh, pre-match, post-match, sorry, press conference said as much. You know, they caused Wednesday all sorts of pro- <coughs> problems. Uh, Wednesday only had two men in midfield. They had Bannon and Pelupese, whereas Stoke had the three. And Ryan Woods in particular made sure that that extra man counted. And they just couldn't get near him Wednesday. And uh, Tom Ince in particular stood out. On the right-hand side, who's playing against Matt, Matt Penny, who's on the young lad, making only like his third start, I think, for Wednesday. Yeah, he stuck, he stuck to the task, task well, but um, he was causing them all sorts of problems. And then sort of from nothing, after Afobi doubled the lead after 22 minutes, um, you know, it was almost a bit weird. It was almost a bit surreal because they, they were in a state of complete control, Stoke, and they, were, they could have been three or four up. And then all of a sudden... Absolutely, as per normal, brilliant ball from Bannon, picks out Fletcher, Matthias scores, Hillsborough erupts, and all of a sudden, from going in complete control of the game, you know, it's a real game on their hands, and Wednesday, Wednesday were piling on the pressure at that point. Um, you know, they were swinging balls into the box, and, and they were just sort of a shock, having watched Stoke completely run the game for half an hour. Um, got to got to half-time, and Stoke came back out, sort of started in the same vein as they did the first half. And uh, they missed a couple of chances on the counter-attack. Tom Ince was wasteful a couple of times. 
Etebo smashed one straight at Cameron Dawson, who I agree with Louis should have done better with the first goal. He got beaten beat way too easily at his near yeah, post. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It, it was a great strike, and it was a striker's finish from one of the best strikers in the league, but you would still expect your goalkeeper to 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 at least get an hand on it or it just it was just too easy for him uh, from the tight angle but uh, yeah they had a couple of chances and if I was if I was uh, Gary Rower I, I wouldn't have been happy because whilst for all their good play um, they didn't get the result they wanted and you always sensed and I remember I said I was sat next to Don Housen at Sheffield Star and I said to him they'll have another chance here Wednesday and they will get one and it would actually probably one of the best moves they had, which brought the free kick and Bannon got brought down by Joe Allen and he steps up and sticks it into the top corner, kissing off the post. And and it sort of the place just went up at that point. And and the last sort of like five, ten minutes after that were a bit rebellious, really. Um but the Stoke didn't really create anything after that. So I think I think Wednesday dropped definitely dropped two points a couple of weeks ago and they drew with Hull at home, they missed countless chances, but yesterday was definitely one that they snatched that they probably didn't deserve. Yeah, touching on Stoke as well, I think, James. Um, I'd, it, I can't believe that Stoke and Middlesbrough tips at the beginning of the season to go up. And I know it's early stages, seven games in. Um, but to win one game in seven so far with the players that they've got on show, yes, they probably should have beat Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. Um, however, to be sat 20th in the league at this stage, um, I just want to know what your thoughts is as well, James, on that. Because I'm confused by them a little bit at the minute yeah i i completely agree i remember you tipping them at the start of the season and you know the squad that they have managed to keep hold of and the players that they've brought in people like tom Ince, who know the division well you would have expected them to to start better i think when certainly when preston played them uh, while they do have that sort of experience there they look a little sort of leggy in midfield i know sort of from from actually watching them in that game um you know your likes of joe allen and, and darren fletcher while they are experienced players you know they're not getting any younger and you know I think it might be a case of them not adapting as quick as they would have liked to I think um, you know the championship's never an easy league to come into and I think you know you only have to look at the likes of of, you know Sunderland Sunderland last year (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, Uh, yeah. words right out of my mouth Uh, sort of how hard it can be to adapt and I think eventually they will come good you know the quality in their squad is there and you know it's it's obvious that you know they've kept all the good players so I can't see them being down there for too long but you know uh, at the moment they've got a real sort of tricky time on their hands and they need to turn it around sooner rather than later because I think most Stoke City fans like you said Louis would have expected an immediate return to the Premier League and the longer it goes on with them sat in the lower half of mid-table I think the fans are going to get restless and you know it could come up to Christmas if they're still sort of languishing down there you know the crowd could sort of start to turn on them yeah you know, I, I was just going to say as well they've, they've actually um, other than QPR they've conceded the most goals in the league with 13 QPR have conceded 14 so yeah that's uh, quite astonishing as well to say they've got players like Shawcross at the back etc so yeah it's uh, I think they will come good I agree with you but at the minute I am just surprised that they are sat in 20th in the league yeah yeah well people yesterday it was it was I don't think it will take till Christmas um there's already real pressure on Rowett to get a result because of the money they've spent the you know previously the Quotes family have always backed the managers but I don't I think they, they will just replace him. And this this is much more than a, a Stoke City problem. It's a Gary Rowett problem. He hasn't won f- in his last 14 away games in the Championship, obviously, as manager of mm. Derby and Stoke. So, you know, it's this is a form for the manager as much as it is for Stoke. 
And I don't think they'll he'll get the time as long as Christmas, for example. You know, the aim is definitely to get back in the Premier League and they will make the change if they have to, as daft as it sounds after only seven games. Yeah, you mentioned there about the form, which takes us nicely onto our next topic. I wanted to speak about, obviously, the the top of the league where I wish Preston were, and then obviously the bottom of the league where we're, you know, right down in the thick of things in the relegation battle, um, as daft as it sounds to say so early on in the season. But looking at the top of the league, uh, you know, you've got your, your Middlesbrough are up there, Sheffield United are up there again. Uh, I know a bit probably pains you two to hear that. Um, Derby County are up there. Are there any teams in that sort of top six or seven that you didn't expect to be there? And out of the teams in the top six or seven at the moment, who do you think can sort of sustain that push and, and challenge for the automatic sort of as the, ta- the table starts to take shape? Uh, I'm Yeah, go on, Elliot. You go first. As, as daft as it sounds, I didn't think Leeds would do anywhere near as well as they have. And I still don't think they'll finish in the top six by the end of the season purely because of the way Bielsa plays, and I'm not sure they've got the squad for it. I can see him burning out really quickly, personally, especially if the injury look that they've had so far carries on. I just don't see them maintaining it, personally. I think Brentford have been fantastic, and I think they'll definitely be challenging in the top six. Uh, Middlesbrough and Stoke, like Louis, were my two tips for the for the automatic promotion places, but I think I think Middlesbrough definitely to win the league, perhaps. And I think Bre- I think Brentford have got every chance if they can keep the likes of Neil Moore pay fit. Josh McEachran, uh, Ollie Watkins, if we can keep them fit and fire in, there's no reason why they couldn't perhaps sneak it. We got a surprise last year with Cardiff getting second. Um, and I don't see any reason why the football they play at Brentford is fantastic, especially, uh, and they've got a good young manager in uh, Dean Smith. And they blew Wednesday off the park. I was at Griffin Park earlier in the season and they play some great stuff. And if they can keep those players fit, because like Leeds, in fact, more so than Leeds, they have got a bit of a thin squad. But the, the football they play, they've got every chance they're at least making the top six. But I would go with Middlesbrough to win the league personally in second spot, still up for grabs. Yeah, I've got to agree. I think that Middlesbrough uh, are the team, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, but I think at home, uh, Middlesbrough are very, very tough to beat. I think that's where the majority of their points are obviously going to come from this season, but I can't see them losing more than one or two games at home this season. And I think they'll be right up there. In terms of Leeds, I still think that they will be up there until around January time. And I know we talk about the wheels falling off like Elliot's touched on there. But I think once it gets to, let's say, just beyond Christmas, that's when... You know, you've got the trans- January transfer window. That might be a bit of a get-out clause for them to bring some fresh legs in and fresh faces. And and after that, you know, it is still early days. Like you know, we've got 39 games to play. But I think Leeds will. Elliot said maybe not top six. I think they definitely will finish top six. But to stay in first or second position, I'm not quite sure. Once you know, such as February and March comes. In terms of for me, you know, the, the standout too, uh, and and a lot of people did tip these teams to potentially go up. Maybe not via automatic, but Brentford and Bristol City, they they just simply play the best football I think in the league. If if you're a neutral and want to go to a championship game, you know, go and watch Brentford or Bristol City because. Because not only will they potentially pick up three points, they usually have high-scoring games and play some fantastic free-flowing football. Also, so yeah, they're they're on merit. I don't know whether you know they can sustain that run. I kind of hope they do because they're two teams that probably deserve it. If I'm honest, um, you know they've been there or thereabouts. You know between fifth and eighth in the last two seasons. So there's no reason why. 
Um, they can't finish slightly higher this season. They, they seem to grow in confidence and 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 bring in the right players. That you know they've got a, a great foundation there. Um, and the only other team maybe that I'm going to suggest is Sheffield United. I thought you know they they've kind of done similar where they had a d- decent season last season, and I thought that they might you know continue to be on the run of form where they finished nine for tenth this season. But to be sat in fifth only three points off the top, then I've got all my hands up and say, yeah, they're playing some really good football also, winning four games so far. Um, but other than that, um, I think everyone's pretty much, you know, where they deserve to be, you know, as as, as the, the teams at the top. There's other than, other than teams letting themselves down, like your Stokes and potentially your Birmingham, and we're going to come on to Nottingham Forest, then, um, then yeah, they, they all deserve to be at the top, the teams I've mentioned. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think the Leeds points that you touched on there, I think getting into that Christmas period for them, it's going to be crucial to sort of see how that shapes them for the rest of the season. Obviously, Elliot, you mentioned the way Bielsa plays and already the injuries are starting to mount up. And, you know, sort of around the Christmas time period, you have quite a lot of fixtures in, you know, a short space of days. So either he's going to have to adapt or, like you said, Louis, they're going to have to sort of dip into the January transfer market and, you know, that could be a get-out-of-jail-free card for them. Um, But, you know, that remains to be seen. I think Brentford, definitely. um, You know, over the last couple of years, they've just fallen short sort of each time. They've been one of those teams that has been in and around the playoffs for the majority of the season and then just lacked that little bit. But, you know, this season, they look sort of for them to have have found that winning mix. They used to play some really good football, but, you know, didn't have that sort of edge to them where they could grind out results but you know this season everything seems to be going for them so far and I think definitely that they will be up and around the playoffs for the majority of the season and you know who knows like you said Elliot the the second player really is up for grabs and you know while they're we're talking about second place and they're only a point or two off sort of first at the moment and you know who would have thought that at the start of the season but yeah definitely Brentford, I expect to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. But from talking about the top half of the table, and I've tried to avoid it long enough, we'll shift our attention to the the bottom of the table at the moment. Um, Preston down there, uh, I'm going to get onto them in a second. But the way the table's sort of taking shape at the moment, are the teams that are down and around the foot of the table, what are the teams that you expected to be down there? Or are there any surprises for you that you know you thought they'd have a better start to the season? I think there's sort of two when I look at the bottom of the table. I think I think Preston and Stoke are the only two that I didn't expect to be down there, should I say. Hull, QPR, 
Ipswich, Reading, Birmingham, no surprises there for me. Ipswich have just changed their manager. They've gone for a new approach, but they've brought in a lot of League One players and a League One manager. Although I do think Paul Hurst is a good manager going forward, it's going to take him some time to prove himself at this level. Reading, Reading squad's one that's been a bit unspectacular for a few years. They massively overachieved when they finished uh, third and got into the playoff final. Uh, the squad has never looked great. Birmingham have had all the off-field incidents and are still without a win. I think they're the only side. No, Ipswich, sorry. Them and Ipswich are the only sides without a win. Uh, they just lack a striker, Birmingham, I think. They create enough chances and they've got a good manager in Gary Monk and they've dominated a few games. I remember them um, dominating against Swansea on a Friday night a couple of weeks ago. And they just haven't got anyone to put ball in back in it. Uh, Millwall, I think Millwall will be all right. I think they'll get out of it. I just don't think they've got, they'll do anywhere near as well as last year because of the squad again. QPR, um, Hemed and Narky Walls are very good signings and they'll probably score enough goals to keep them up, which I wouldn't have said before they'd signed them. But Ipswich and Reading and Birmingham, sort of, sort of maybe that could be my tips. Rotherham, again, I do think they'll drop. And I think if they manage to say anywhere above 22nd, I think Rotherham will have had a brilliant season. But mm. those sort of four or five teams are the ones that I'm looking at and I'm thinking that they're in for a tough season personally. Yeah, I've got to agree with you, Elliot, there. The two that are down there for me, who I didn't expect to, obviously, Stoke, who I tipped for promotion. And then Preston, who I said, I believe, I think I put them down as 10th, which can still happen. But to be sat 23rd is is definitely a surprise for me, particularly after last season and the football that they play. I mean, my relegation tips at the beginning of the season was uh, QPR, Rotherham and Bolton. Bolton. Say Bolton, that's worth a shout. Yeah, and Bolton are actually sat in 10th and been playing mm. some great football. We've not touched on them yet. The only get-out clause I might have there is if this 12-point deduction comes in play due to administration. So uh, that might do me a favour based on my tip. But um, but in terms of football, no, Bolton deserve to be 10th. They've done well. Um, but yeah, Ipswich and Birmingham yet to win games. So that's worrying. I think, like you said, Elliot, Birmingham just need a striker. They've only conceded seven goals, so they're averaging one per game, but they've only managed to score five, as have Ipswich. Um, but yeah, at the minute, for me, the two teams that, or three teams actually, where I believe could be hovering in and around the relegation zone for the next three, four months is actually Ipswich, Reading and Birmingham, I'm afraid. Yeah, they're the sort of the teams that I expected to be down there, with the exception, as you two mentioned, obviously Preston being a Preston fan. I thought we'd have another good season this year and challenge for the playoffs again. While I thought we'd probably come up just short for them, I thought we'd at least, you know, give it a good go this season and build on the last two years. And obviously Stoke, I think most people at the start of the season would have tipped them definitely to be in and around the top six sort of at this point of the season. So to see down them down there as we touched on earlier, is surprising. But, you know, Preston, for me, it's a case of the sort of owners really needing to take a look at themselves. You know, we we touched on Sheffield United earlier, how they're having another good season. And I look at them as the club that, you know, they've come up from League One similarly to us, albeit a season after us. And they're kind of in the same boat as us. They had a great first season back in the league uh, last season, which we did when we came up, just missed out on the playoffs, same as them. And the difference between us and them is they've, you know, backed their manager. You know, they've got a good manager in Chris Wilder and they trust him and, you know, they've given him money in the transfer market. And what's alarming with Preston is we've got Alex Neal, who, fantastic manager, you know, did brilliantly last year, changed the way we played, completely transformed sort of the team from how Simon Grayson had us set up. 
and you know really took us on leaps and bounds. We had young, exciting players who you know each week were playing sort of great football. And over the summer this year, you know reports coming out of the club that the owner has blocked any transfer over a million pounds without his go-ahead, um, which, you know, for a club that sold Jordan Newgill and Greg Cunningham and brought in about 13 million in the last sort of six months is, you know, frightening that he's not letting him go out and, and spend the money. And it's only going to be sort of um, a matter of time until, as you mentioned, Elliot, the pressure starting to mount on Gary Rowett at Stoke already until a team like that comes in and you know if Alex Neal's not been given the funds to spend and he's been quite vocal about it you know I can see him walking which you know he's gutting for me to say but you know I think the club really need to sort of take a step back and have a look and think you know where do we want to go I, you know I don't want us to splash sort of 20 30 million which obviously we don't have that kind of money um sort of on players but you know give the manager a bit of backing show him that you trust him and you know who knows we could be doing what Sheffield United Brentford Bristol City are doing um so yeah it's just gutting really to sort of watch how this season's unfolding and you know I now wish that I hadn't really bought my ticket for Leeds United away on Tuesday night because uh, <laughs> yeah 37 quid and to see the way we're playing and the way they're playing you know there's only one winner there for me um yeah, you never that, know you never know on a Tuesday night it's well, uh, I was gonna say uh, having said that we had them in the Two we one. had them in the League Cup last year. Uh, sorry, last year, last month, and uh, we beat them there two 0 <laughs> And I didn't think we'd get anything in that League Cup game. So you know, a repeat of that would be sort of fantastic. But you know, sadly, just can't see it. Um, yeah. Uh, just just before we move on topics as well, uh, can I just mention? Obviously, we had uh, you probably remember James, uh, but we had a bit of stick off some Birmingham fans after mm-hmm. we did our. Um, we did like our predictions at the beginning of the season where we obviously highlighted Birmingham and I think we had them finishing around between, well, halfway, between 11th and 13th, let's say 12th, shall we? Um, and people were saying to us and suggesting to us that they were definitely going to finish in the top six this season, but sat in 21st. I just want to highlight that they seem to be far from it at the minute and this is obviously a team, like I say, without a victory at present. Uh, and to those fans, obviously, who gave us stick, then something's seriously got to change to get them out of 21st position because at the moment it's, it is looking glum. And not only that, there's potential they could go into administration, I believe, as well, James. Is that right? Yeah, they um, their sort of finances have been a mess for a while now. And it's, it's always funny when people bring up the, the Harry Redknapp fact that, you know, most clubs that he's gone to have found themselves in real financial trouble a couple of seasons after. And mm. I think Birmingham and Bolton, you know, definitely uh, two teams I think will struggle. And, you know, the off-field sort of circus that follows them at the moment is, you know, only going to have a detrimental effect to performances on the field. So I think Birmingham, you know, while we tip them to be around sort of mid-table-ish at the start of the season, I think they're in for a long season and, you know, probably will be for the majority of the season in and around the relegation zone. Um, but a team that, you know, we've had a, an indifferent start, should we say, so far. They're in 15th at the moment. And one that I thought would be challenging for the playoffs is Nottingham Forest. Seven games and five draws says to me, you know, that they're in games. They just can't, you know, get that victory, which is surprising for me with the amount of attacking talent that they signed in the summer. Uh, A few for big money as well. Did you two expect them to have a good season this year or do you think sort of 15 for them at the moment is about right? I think you're spot on. I I tipped them for fifth, personally. I had them in Derby as fourth and fifth. Um, I think I think when you look at the spine of Nottingham Forest's team, you know they've got Pantilla, Monningal, Heffler, who won promotion with Huddersfield, 
Guardiola, Colbeck, Watson, Graben. These are championship names. It's not. These aren't foreign players who they brought in expecting to. I know they have brought in a couple from uh, that Jill Diaz and Jared Carvalho. But these are championship experienced, proven players who who tend to play in the top end of the championship. So for them to be in fifteenth, I think you're absolutely spot on by the fact the fact they've drawn five games shows that they are in games, but it's the fine margins that get you promoted and get you higher up the table and they're not getting them at the minute. I think they've got a fantastic manager in Ita Karanka. When Carlos uh, obviously left Hillsborough, he was my he would have been my favourite personal tip for to take over at Hillsborough and I do like him as a manager although he can be seen as a bit defensive at times but they just need to start you know winning those fine margins and it'll be it'll be remarkable once they get one that they could maybe get go on a little bit of a run hopefully that doesn't come on Wednesday night uh, and it's obviously a bit later than that but I, I would expect them may, maybe I might have been a bit uh, you know a bit too good, kind to him to put them in fifth but I'd be shocked if they weren't at least sort of 10th or at least in that area come the end of the season or in another 10, 15 games time. They've got a really good squad and a good manager. Yeah, I'm just going to simply echo what Elliot said there. The, they are in games, they've scored eight, conceded eight. Uh, the downfall at the minute is, and we talk about this a lot, they've drawn more than any other team in the league at the minute with five. And, and we always say in this league, a draw is, you know, it's no good. You, you're better off like we talk about winning winning two games and losing two games than you are winning one and drawing two and losing one because you, you just get, you gain more points that way. I know it's common sense, but drawing games is no good. And like, like we said, and Elliot said, they just need to start putting the ball in the back of the net. I think they will climb the table eventually. I had them down for eighth this season and I, f- I still suspect that they probably will finish somewhere around there. It's just, um, again, I hope it, you know, that they are going to come good. I just hope, again, it's not on Wednesday night when they, when they face Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, um, I think with the players that they got and the foundations there and Karanka as manager, there's a lot of experience and know-how and they have got the potential to, yeah, definitely push for that top six. It, it's just, it's early days at the moment. Yeah, I completely agree with what you two said. I think, you know, eventually they'll get that win on the board and, you know, it sort of snowballs from there, really. You know, momentum in this league is a massive thing. You just have to look at Cardiff last season. They got on a roll early on and managed to sustain that for the whole season. So I definitely expect them to be in and around the playoff mix come the end of the season. And, you know, as Elliot said, they've got a fantastic manager in Karenka who, you know, is proven at this level. And I think it's only a matter of time until... They start, you know, turning those draws into wins. I think what's impressive for me is the fact that obviously they've only lost one game so far this season, which shows, you know, they are good defensively, which Karanka is known for. It's just that next step now that they need to start putting the ball in the back of the net or if they are yeah. putting the ball in the back of the net, stop conceding, you know, the, the silly goals. But, you know, averaging sort of about one goal a game so far this season for a team that has spent that money on attacking players, you know, I, I, they do need to, you know, sort that out quickly and I think it's only a matter of time for them until it sort of clicks and you know hopefully as you said it's not on Wednesday night it'll be sort of next weekend or the weekend after um mm-hmm. but I just wanted to touch on before we wrapped up um Frank Lampard at Derby County obviously you have to mention Frank Lampard's name nowadays when you speak about Derby County as, as Sky love to do Obviously, went away to Rotherham yesterday. I think most people would have put down, I know I certainly did on an accumulator, Derby at least to have got a point and I had them down to win. Um, you mentioned earlier, Elliot, that you know Rotherham have looked good so far this season, especially in the Millwall game. 
is Frank Lampard sort of feeling the pressure now? Obviously, he got sent to the stands in the game. Do you think that sort of as, as his first job in sort of football management to go to Derby, a club with a lot of expectation, do you think that is sort of a, a step too far for him at the moment? Um, I think that might be a little bit unfair to say. I think uh, I think the thing at Derby is a lot of people were expecting them to have to trim the budget a little bit. And that is one of the reasons why Gary Rout went to Stoke. He saw it as a more attractive proposition. But Mel Morris went and did the complete opposite. And after spending the summer sort of in a one-in, one-out policy, they went and spent big. I think I think Lampard's a good appointment. I think he sort of fits Derby County. A lot of people over the years, certainly since I've been in that sort of area, have described them as a soap opera of a club. And, and you know, from what I've seen in my time there, it would be hard to go against that. And therefore, having a big headline name who, regardless of what happens, you know, you go go to Rotherham and lose and the story is Frank Lampard. Granted, he got sent off, so it is quite newsworthy, but he will always be sort of the headline in whatever they do. Um, I, th- I don't think he'll f- be feeling the pressure yet. I think when you bring a manager in like Frank Lampard, who's got little experience but good potential, you have to give him time, which Derby aren't renowned for doing. But they sit, they sit seventh in the table, you know, the level on points with Swansea in sixth. So they're in and about the right areas that they want to be in. I think top six again would be the the aim of the sort of the club uh, and the fans. If they could sneak a little bit higher, then they would. But I think I think anywhere between six, second and uh, sixth is sort of where they would expect to be. And I don't I don't think he's feeling the pressure, but certainly they need to make sure that they carry on with the very good home form, which is what's keeping them up the league because away from home, they've struggled a little bit, but uh, the, you know, at Pride Park, they're, they're certainly a tough place to go. Yeah, I agree again. I think, you know, it's too early to kind of judge Lampard and we always say you've got to give a manager at least four, five, six months before we can judge. And I guess, you know, we'll look at the table at Christmas and see where Derby are. But at the same time, you've got to be realistic. I know they had a poor result yesterday even though Rotherham are impressing at the moment um I mean you've got to look at Derby and is the, the you know they've played seven games under Lampard and, and they've won four so it's not actually a bad return and, and when I t- talk about being realistic if Derby had have won yesterday there would have been joint top on fi- with 15 points sat in second uh, next to Leeds so you know on, on another day where like I mentioned earlier only two teams in the top 10 actually won if Derby had a had a taken a victory at Rotherham as expected then you know everyone would have been singing probably Lampard's praises at the minute and and they'd have probably potentially going on a run with Leeds and people tipping them to finish in the top two so yeah it's just that fine margins and fine lines where one result in this league can sway form and and, and many things so yes to, to be sat in seventh after seven games is is no issue I I expect that like I say let's look at the league table at Christmas and Derby can and still have the potential to go from strength to strength and if, if I were tipping them I'd, I'd expect them to finish in the playoffs this season so yeah it's uh, it's not a matter of urgency at all I think um you know, yes, there is pressure, but at the same time, there's pressure for every manager and every club in the country. It's, it's no different for Lampard. I think he'll he'll do a steady job there, and and only you know give, give him time, he'll he'll do pretty well. Yeah, I completely agree. We, I think, you know, he's a big name, and some of the connections he's got will definitely help him out. You know, you only have to look at the likes of Mason Mount that he's brought in. He's been absolutely fantastic for them so far this season, and I, yeah, I expect them to be sort of in and around the playoffs come the end of the season. And I think for Derby, you know, new manager coming in, I think that'll be a good season for them. But you know, um, 
once you get in and around the playoffs, who knows what could happen. But yeah, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. And yeah, I expect them to have a a fully good season. Um, Just before we wrap up then, obviously games in midweek this week, I mentioned earlier, I'm off to to Leeds away, um, which I'll get onto in a second. You two, um, or Sheffield Wednesday, should I say, have got a game against Nottingham Forest on Wednesday night. How do you see that game going? Do you expect to sort of carry on that momentum from sort of fighting back to a point against Stoke, or do you think it'll be a tricky game? I think Wednesday have got a very good record at uh, the city ground, and it would be very disappointing if they weren't to at least get a point. I think I think they've they've built brilliantly after losing at Brentford. Obviously, they won three in a row, and then they battled back. It felt like a win yesterday. But obviously that's four unbeaten now. The form, the players, some of their players are in Barry Band and it, I genuinely believe at the minute is the most informed midfielder in the league. Uh, Lucas Zhao is playing very good football at the minute. Um, Fornley is alongside Tom Lees. And I think I think Wednesday, whilst there's no doubt they've got a tricky run coming up, they play obviously Forest on Wednesday and I will be at the game and then they play uh, away at Aston Villa, at home to West Brom and then at home to Leeds United on the Friday night, which is on Sky. Um they, they shouldn't be scared of any of those teams. And I think they've proven that over the last four games. Yes, some of the teams they beat were weaker, Ipswich, Reading, which we've t- t- touched on, and we think they'll struggle. Um, but I don't think they've got anyone to be scared of. And I think they can go to the city ground. And as long as they sort of play the football and they don't they don't sit back and they don't let Forrest come on to them and they go and sort of try and take the game to Forrest, I think they can get at least a point. And if they could get a win, that really would be good. And then you're looking, that really would catapult them in the top six area. Uh, obviously they're just one point outside at the minute and if they'd be like Hull for example at home they would be in the top six so it's again as we've touched on many times it sounds a bit daft to keep saying it but it is fine margins and if if, if they can sort of make sure they don't play with fear and they, they remember they are a good side I think they can get at least a point and maybe even nick it given the form Forrester in there's no reason why they can't get a win uh, You've got to give us a score prediction now though uh, Elliot Um I don't know I don't want to sit on the fence so I'll go I'll go 2-1 Wednesday but I could also see it being one all. Yeah, I would have said one all if I was putting a prediction out there. I mean, obviously, Elliot's touched on the Forest Wednesday preview. Uh, the only thing I've got to mention is, uh, yes, we have a very good record against Forest in recent times, but a lot of that is obviously to do with Forestieri, who's bagged quite a few goals against them recently. And and he's uh, he's suspended for three games, or, or two games now, should I say, uh, one of them being this game midweek against Forest. So whether that'll have an impact, I'm not sure. But yes, I ex- I'd be disappointed if we didn't come away with at least a point as well. But I will put it to 1-1 draw. In terms of the other midweek games, though, it seems a bit like uh, this round, it's it's top half versus bottom half in, in, in the fixtures at the minute. So that will be interesting to see. I believe um, quite a few teams in, in the lower half of the table might get victories against teams in the top half. And, and like I've touched on already, not many teams in the top half won at the weekend. So this could be a very, very pivotal uh, round of midweek games uh, if you look down the fixture list. So I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I'm over to Leeds on Tuesday night and not <laughs> looking forward to it one bit. Um you know, you two mentioned there about you reckon you can nick the game. I'd be more nappy with a point, um, as I'm sure a lot of people would go into Leeds with the form they're in at the start of this season. Um, the only sort of thing that's given me any slight 
sort of hope at the moment is obviously that injury list that we mentioned about earlier that leads to God at the moment. Um, we hopefully should have Alan Brown back, um, who's, you know, absolutely pivotal for us. He was a massive miss yesterday, especially with Ben Pearson and Ryan Ledson both been suspended um, for straight red cards. So, you know, yesterday we had to play two more sort of attacking midfielders in centre mid and, you know, that was evident in conceding three goals at home. So, yeah, Alan Brown back will be a massive... Uh, sort of addition for us uh, welcome to have him back and sort of the thing for me is we went to Leeds in the cup a few weeks ago we beat them 2-0 which you know caught a lot of people off guard played really well and most of the the players who played in the league cup this season have been predominantly played in the league cup and not really given a chance of it to start in the first team Brandon Bark sort of substitute appearances here and there but you know what I don't really get is those players took their chance in that 2-0 victory at Leeds and haven't been given a fair crack in the the league yet so I expect especially after yesterday's result a few changes and hopefully a few of them you know get a few more minutes and you know be eager again to go to Leeds put in a good performance and show the manager why they should be starting so yeah I I think there'll be a lot of changes for us if I was to go for a score prediction which you know I really don't want to do Mm. um, I'd probably say sort of with my head Leeds will win probably quite comfortably Um, if I was to go with my heart I'd say you know we can just about nick a point so maybe a one-all but yeah I say that with bated breath thinking uh, that Leeds will probably win that quite comfortably Um, but yeah with that we're out of time so cheers for joining me today guys if you two want to let anyone know sort of any projects you're involved in or social medias now's a good time so I've been Louis Shackshaft you can find me on Twitter which is just my uh, name it's my handle at Louis Shackshaft I do a lot of uh, writing uh and blogging etc articles for different publications Uh, i've done a recent piece called i just don't think you understand which is about barry bannon you can check that out on my website louisshackshaft.com or again just visit my twitter handle but yeah thanks for having me uh yeah and similar to louis i do quite a lot of writing myself and uh so you can find me on twitter at at underscore e underscore jackson 21 Uh, on my page you'll find links to my wakelet and also my website where i uh, publish articles uh, match reports opinion pieces interviews all those sort of things um so well worth checking that out for any people who are interested in the championship and football in general yeah and as i said you can follow me on my twitter which is at underscore james vickers mainly tweet about preston north end and uh, quite a bit of german football as well which i know louis loves when i mention and and bring <laughs> up that uh, and more importantly you can reach us on the show which is at championship pod where there's weekly polls and things like that to get involved in and obviously we tweet out and pin each new episode so definitely follow us on there and you'll be certain not to miss an episode then but yeah cheers for joining me today guys uh pleasure to have you on on your first time on elliot and uh, good to have you back from america louis uh hopefully it's not too long till we get you both back on again but with that we'll see you soon Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.